Good morning. As Kate said, my name is Rita Klukas, and the reason I'm up here today is because Justin is with Jamie in Florida visiting his mom. So they are watching. He's, he's keeping an eye on me. So good morning to the three of them in Florida. And good morning also to those of you who are watching online. We sure appreciate having you here. I hope you're blessed today. If not, y'all are in luck because Justin will be back here next week. <laughs> so, um, and it is good to see you this morning. So many ladies yesterday. Um, I wish I could see your faces a little bit better, but that's all right. Um, anyway, the only just, guidelines Justin gave me was to make sure you all were out by dinner. So... And those who know me well enough know that that's a possibility, but um, in all seriousness, we are going to jump in, but before I do, um, I do want to take a minute to pray um, for just a couple of things. Number one, that you guys leave here not hearing my words, but God's heart. That's truly my desire. And number two, in light of all that's happening in the world, I think that collectively it'd be a good idea for us to um, pray and ask the Lord to intervene on behalf of Ukraine, okay? All right. Father in heaven, we come to you this morning, and we are so grateful for who you are. Lord, we love you, but we can't even grasp how much you love us, because if we did, it would just blow our minds, and we are thankful for that. Lord, I pray this morning that you be in this room that your Holy Spirit would descend in such a way that every single heart is touched by words I believe are meant to be spoken today. But that I hope, Lord, that they're not just words, because if they're just my words, they mean nothing. So I pray, Lord, that your heart would be clear in them and that everyone in this room be touched and changed. And Lord, we lift up Ukraine and the situation there this morning. Lord, we don't have any idea what the answer is, but we know that you do, and we know that you're God. And so we just ask for your intervention this morning. We ask that you give the president there wisdom to know how to lead. We ask for courage for those who are the soldiers and those who are coming in to defend the Ukraine. Lord, we ask for safety and peace for the families and the civilians who are there, and wisdom in making decisions for what their next step is, Lord, as everything has to be made in, in haste. And so we pray for that this morning. And so, Lord, we ask you that in the midst of it all, that you would show up and that you would show your church how it is that we're to meet the needs of those who are there, that we can show who you are and your love even in the midst of something so hard. And so we give it to you this morning, and we thank you that you are there in Jesus' name. Okay, so over the last few weeks, Justin's been talking about leveling up spiritually and taking our spiritual lives to the next level. And he shared this key principle with us. Leveling up means living purposefully as you deny yourself. And denying yourself means that you have to give up something. So today, we're gonna to be talking about the areas in our lives that we have to surrender if we're going to level up spiritually. And before I do that, I wanna say from the outset um, that while we're talking certainly to believers, 
that I don't want to in any way um, think that those of you who maybe haven't made that decision to, to step into that um, surrender, that you don't kind of tune out yet. Because I just want you to know that it's God's heart that he remove all barriers to seeing him and knowing him. Um, because God has an awesome destiny for each one of us. And so he just wants us to step into that and have all that he has for us. So hang in there with me. Okay, so the areas we must surrender to take the next step. Now, most of us don't really like to talk about surrender. I mean, surrender. I kind of think of it as like one of the um, big S words of Christianity. <laughs> and two come to mind, but um, the, the other S word, y'all know what that one is, right? I heard it, submission. And I'm not touching that one today. So, um, but we don't want to talk about surrender. We'd rather talk about victory. We'd rather talk about, and we can get fired up when we talk about victory. We want to talk about um, all the things God does for us. Um, not necessarily the things that God wants us to do for him. Um, so surrender, it's not the most awesome part we think about being a Christian, um, except that it is. Because there is little that will take us into our purpose or into God's power more fully than choosing a life of sacrifice. And um, I'm going to talk about sacrifice and surrender, kind of use those terms interchangeably. And there is a little bit of a difference, and we'll get into that. But first, we're going to go to the Word, and we're going to take a look at an Old Testament king who made a choice to sacrifice. And because of that, he lived a life of blessing, and he brought revival throughout the land of Judah after a period of, of um, serious decline. Now, I don't know about any of you, but um, I think there are probably some of us who'd like to see some revival in our lives. Um, I know that there are things that can keep us awake at night with longing, um, that we just need to, to keep hoping for. Um, that's hard to hope for. But I just want you to know that if God has something for your life, then he hasn't given up hope for it. And um, a life committed to him is the surest way to see that. Okay, so we're going to talk about that and how we can see God bring some revival in our lives. All right, um, so we're going to take a look at some lessons from a king named Hezekiah, who the Bible describes um, as a man who had an intimate relationship with him. And it says, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. And now, so when King Hezekiah introduced it, saying just as his father David had done, and that's referencing his ancestral line, and the fact that he was a good king, like King David. But his biological father, we read about in the previous chapter, was wicked King Ahaz. And um, um, wicked King Ahaz, we know that uh, he was idolatrous, that he did not worship God. Um, he sought pagan kings. He brought pagan worship. He shut the temple doors, uh, destroyed the temple furnishings so there could be no more sacrifices made to God. But the first thing that Hezekiah does when he comes on the scene is open the temple and call the priests and Levites back into service for God. And this is what he tells them um, 
in 2 Chronicles 29. He says, our parents were unfaithful. They did evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and forsook him. They turned their faces away from the Lord's dwelling place and turned their backs on him. They also shut the doors of the portico and put out the lamps. They did not burn incense or present any burnt offerings at the sanctuary to the God of Israel. So there was no sacrifice under King Ahaz. And uh, let's just take a minute to talk about sacrifices. Um, Because if you've ever read about sacrifices in the Old Testament, it can be a little bit weird. I mean, we're talking about building fires and killing animals and sprinkling blood. And I mean, I'm just glad we didn't come here for that today, right? but there were, there were many reasons that we had these sacrifices. And um, so at the time, it was just meant as a, as a demonstration of God's relationship and his covenant with his people. And there were various reasons for them. They were sometimes um, as a means to ask God for forgiveness. They were set there to, uh, to perhaps recommit yourself to God or make a commitment to him or to show fellowship with him or even some of the other believers. Um, but in all of these things, uh, almost all of them, they were accomplished through the killing of an animal. Now today we can look back and know that that was just a foreshadowing of the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus made and he represents all purposes and so brought an end to this sacrificial system. But here's the thing, that just because we don't do have that sacrificial system set up doesn't mean that we're not called to a life of sacrifice to God. And on the contrary, today our sacrifices are much, much, much broader. Believers today aren't called to simply make sacrifices. We are called to be the sacrifice, according to the Apostle Paul, who tells us in Romans 12:1, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in light, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So in the Old Testament, um, the idea of a living sacrifice was a contradiction. The sacrifice had to be killed, but Christ was our complete sacrifice. He died instead of us. And so today, because of that, we're called to a new kind of sacrifice. And it's one that we offer ourselves to him, our entire being, while we are living here on earth. So in essence, It's a death while we're living. And so that's what we're called to as Christ followers. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, the German theologian who was executed for his uh, Nazi resistance says this, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. And again, it's not like this really happy message, but it is, it really is, because it's at the heart of what it means to be a Christ follower. We die to ourselves. And as such, we let him live in us. So, so if we, are, we count ourselves dead already, then everything that we have is no longer ours. And it seems like that's not a really good trade. But um, I'm just here to tell you that getting more of God and less of us is an awesome way to live. And if you haven't experienced that, I sure hope you don't waste time getting there. Okay, 
And this is where the nuance, the, separance, the separation between what a sacrifice is and what surrender is. And for the rest of this, we're gonna talk about it more in terms of surrender because a sacrifice assumes you're giving up something that you own. You're giving up something that belongs to you for someone else. Surrender is you don't own it. You've transferred complete ownership of it. And so you will no longer ask what, and, and, and young people, um, take this to heart. You will no longer ask, what do I want to do with my life? The question then becomes, what does Christ want to do with this life? And that is a totally different question. And it leads to a radically different life. But here's the upside down part of this. And this is why I say this is exciting. It's not, it's not oh my goodness, I have to give everything up. The upside down part of this is when you give up your desires for God, he will give you more than you could ever desire. So let's get practical. And we're going to go back to Hezekiah and see what we have to give up in order to live a life surrendered to God. Number one, we give up our idols. Now, Justin spoke about this a, a few weeks ago and reminded us that we will either destroy our idols or our idols will destroy us because our idols will demand more and more of us and we will have less and less for God. Now, this was King Hezekiah's first order after calling the priests and Levites together. In 2 Chronicles 29, he says this, "'Consecrate yourselves now "'and consecrate the temple of the Lord, "'the God of your ancestors. "'Remove all defilement from the sanctuary.'" And again, the priests went into the sanctuary of the Lord to purify it. They brought out to the courtyard of the Lord's temple everything unclean. So before they could make the sacrifice, they had to go in and take out of the temple everything that uh, resembled the idolatrous life of King Hahaz. And so for us, since we know, according to 1 Corinthians 3.16, that our bodies are the temple of the Lord, then we have to be diligent in going into the sanctuary of our hearts and bringing out anything that keeps us from living a life sacrificed to God. And we have to routinely ask ourselves what they are because idols are, um, we can become pretty comfortable with them and they can become pretty hard to spot, um, especially in ourselves. So I, I just invite you to ask your spouses because they'll be pretty, pretty comfortable telling you, I'm sure. And they probably see them more than you do. Um, and so even good things, this is why it's hard because even good things can become idols in our lives when we elevate them above God. And I know that I've been guilty of this. Um, who would ever think that your family can be an idol? But my family has at times been an idol in my life because I've been more focused on what I want for them than on what God wants for me. And uh, so we have to take a serious look at those things in our lives and those things that keep us from God. Sometimes it's social media. I'm sure that's not any of you. Um, but sometimes we rely more on what our friends share about us on Instagram than on God, what God shares with us when we're with him. And for some of us, it's the news. 
and we are more concerned and more worked up about the bad news that's all around us than the good news that we carry inside of us. And I am not at all saying that we shouldn't um, be aware of what's going on around us. We most certainly should be. We're told to be. But we have to remember um, that God is still God, and He is still on the throne. And He has called us today to be light and hope to the world. He is not alarmed. And so we can't walk around alarmed and in fear either because there is good news that needs to be shared. Um, so let me ask you this morning, what is it that the Lord might be um, calling you to clean out of his temple? And, and if there's something that comes to mind, then I think you can trust that they may, that may be an idol that you need to lay down. Um, okay, uh, so number two, to live a life of surrender, we give up our time. Second Chronicles 29.3 says this, in the first month of the first year of his reign, he opened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. So there's a sense of urgency here. King Hezekiah recognized that there was a job to do, and he stepped up to do it. He didn't wait for someone else to do it. He didn't wait until he felt like doing it. He saw the void, and he stepped up to do it. God's people are not on this earth just passing time. We cannot be in our homes going, I'm just a good Christian, and I'm listening to sermons, and I'm playing worship music, and I'm just trying to keep myself apart from all the crazy people and all the crazy stuff that's going on in the world as best as I can until Jesus comes. No. That is not why we're here. We are here to engage. There is work to do. God has a plan for the world, and he has a plan for you in it. He has a purpose for you. He has a purpose. He has a destiny. And we can't do it unless we're willing to invest our time in it. We are here for such a time as this. God knew the season, God knew the place that he put you on this planet. It was not by accident. He was aware of COVID. He was aware of the division that we'd have. He was aware of what's going on in the Ukraine. And he plopped us right down in the midst of it for his purposes. And it is not to whine and complain and point fingers. Again, hypothetically, because none of you would do that. Um, and it is not to shrink back in fear. It is for sharing the hope that lies within us. So King Hezekiah understood this, and he could have seen the state of affairs, and he could have complained about the mess that his father had left him, but he didn't. And he, he stepped up because his desire was for God's people to sacrifice, and he was willing to give up his time to see it done. Jesus had this to say to us, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And this is God's heart. This is Jesus' heart for us. And it's my heart for us. 
and I hope it's your heart, because we are the workers. And so some of us don't have the time. We don't, we don't make the time because we're just so busy chasing after things that God maybe never intended for us. And so sometimes we just need to take a look at our lives and, and see what it is that we're, that's keeping us um, away from perhaps the things God might be calling us to step into. Because if we just race at breakneck speed all the time and listen, um, I raise my hand. Sometimes that's what it feels like. We've got to pull the plug sometimes because we're just not meant to race at breakneck speed and then just um, um, crash at night or use every weekend to kind of catch our breath. And so we want to have the room and the energy to do what God's called us to do. Because when we give up our time for those purposes, then life isn't just about trying to hold on till Jesus comes. It is beautiful, and it is fulfilling, even when it's hard, and even when it's busy. Because despite the chaos that might be going on around us, there's purpose inside of us. And that's a pretty awesome way to live. So let's surrender our time for that purpose. All right, number three. We give up our money and our possessions, and we give God complete control of it. Now am I making any friends? <laughs> oh, listen, I know there are some of you who think that uh, you come to church and they're going to ask for money, and it's really not the church asking for money. It's God just wanting to do a work, and uh, so let's remember that. Okay, he tells us, uh, Hezekiah, 2 Chronicles 29, 31. So the assembly brought sacrifices and thank offerings, and all those hearts were willing brought burnt offerings. Now, burnt offerings are the offerings that were totally consumed. Some of the offerings, they were shared. Some went to the priests. Some were shared amongst the people as fellowship offerings. But burnt offerings were the offerings that you gave completely, and you got nothing from it. It was burnt completely on the altar, and it cost something. Um, and... And we see that, that King Hezekiah contributed from his own possessions for the morning and evening offerings. So it cost him something. Now, Jesus tells us um, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And I want us to pay attention to that because maybe you're like me. Um, maybe you get that. I get that flipped in my mind and maybe you do too. But the order is where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And I tend to think of it as where my heart is, there my treasure will go. But see, this tells us that it, where our treasure is determines the position of our heart. And so if I want to have a heart for God and a heart for his mission, then I have to put my treasure there and my heart will follow. And I'm just going to tell you, this, is not, um, this has not been something that I haven't had to cultivate. I, as most of, many of you know, at least many of you, um, my husband and I have commercial fished in Alaska for many years. He grew up doing that, and well, at least he still does, and I work really hard at not doing that. Um, I feel like I've put in my time. 
But the industry has been difficult, and um, we've felt it financially over the last few years. And I'm just going to say, I am married to a very generous man um, who needs little. And I don't need a lot. <laughs> uh, I don't need a lot, but I like to have a little cushion and then give. Um, and so when he asked, um, at one point, he just wanted to increase our overall giving by about 5%. And um, it's in the midst of this, and I didn't want to do it. I'm just being honest. Um, I just looked at it, and I thought, I reasoned that I'm the one who does the finances. And um, so I knew best what we could do. And I knew God wasn't telling me to do it. We give above and beyond a tithe. And so for me, I thought that was enough. And I didn't do it. I'm confessing that right now. Um, but again, I reasoned, and this is where I get in trouble. Um, I reasoned that if God wasn't telling me to do something, then I didn't have to. And yet, I also know this, that even though he wasn't telling me to do it, I sensed that he was calling me to a higher level of faith and a higher level of trust in him. And I ignored that. Um, and so this year, uh, just last month, as contributions, our contribution receipts came in from churches and other ministries that we give to, I felt incredibly convicted. And I knew I had to shift gears. And it's not because God would punish me if I didn't. And it's not because he was going to be mad at me if I didn't do it. It was that I knew that he was asking me to trust him. And that when I would do that, then I open myself up for blessing, whether it's blessing in my own life or being a conduit of blessing into someone else's life, which is a pretty awesome feeling. And so I did have to shift those gears. And, um, and I can't tell you that it's easy, and I'm not even going to lie to you and say that I don't you know, sit down to write that check and pause long enough to have an Abraham and Isaac moment where God says, Rita, Rita, put down the pen. Okay? <laughs> and it hasn't happened yet. Um, but listen, that's the way it is with God. Um, and so it's a process. And I'm in the middle of this one. And I just want to tell you that just because God doesn't demand something out of it, of you, um, if he asks something of you, because he may ask you for something that he doesn't ask of others. Um, but if he does that, it's not because he wants to take your stuff. It's because he wants to give you something. And so don't be foolish like I was. Don't delay or forfeit a blessing that God might have for you, a greater gift than whatever you're giving up simply because you think it's enough. Okay, and finally, number four. To, find, to level up spiritually, we give up our will for God's plan. And we can't know God's will without spending time with him. And this is where I get really excited and this is where you're probably gonna think I'm crazy, for those of you who don't already think that, um, because I can get a little intense about this. But one of my big 
missions in life. Nothing gets me more fired up than to share this truth. God has a unique plan for your life, but you can't know God's plan if you don't know God, and you can't know God if you don't spend time with him. There is no shortcut. There is no hashtag. There is no Facebook scripture quote that you can share or that you can even make. There is no no amount of time spent talking about God that can replace time spent with God. Friends, I wish you could know how much God loves you and he knows you and he wants you to know him. Our views of God are so often misshapen by things that we've been told or things people have done. And we view God through a wrong lens. And as such, we view ourselves through a wrong lens. And that can keep us from all the things. It keeps us living beneath all that God has for us. And we need to take those blinders off and see God as he is so that we can see ourselves as he is so we can step into all the things that he has for us. Um, Your good father wants to give you good things. He wants to give you the life that you were meant to live. And it's a good one. And it's not going to look anything like you think. (laughs) But it'll be better. And then when you step into that life, you will not have any desire to look around you or on Instagram and long for anyone else's life because yours will be amazing because it's God's life for you. And it's built on the truth of God's love. And that, my friends, cannot be shaken because when you know God's love for you and that's what's buried in your heart, then you know that God doesn't take anything from you that he doesn't want to turn around to be a blessing for you. And because of that, we can surrender everything in our lives to him, knowing that he's going to do a much better job of it, of all of it, our time, our money, our resources, and our will than we could ever do with it in our own hands. Hezekiah was a man who knew the scriptures and pursued God's plan, and pursued God his whole life. 2 Kings 18, 6, he held fast to the Lord. Oh, I want to do that. And he did not stop following him. He kept the commands the Lord had given Moses. Now, the the commands the Lord had given Moses, he knew the law. And this is what came from it. And the Lord was with him. And again, there was great joy 
in Jerusalem. So the Lord was with him. And because of that, there was great joy in Jerusalem. For since the days of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. I wonder if that's what's going to be said of me and of you, that God was with us. And because God was with us, then there had been nothing like this in Seaford, in Greenwood, in Delaware. That's the legacy I want for me, and that's the legacy I want for all of us. And I hope that you want to be a catalyst of great joy and revival throughout this area. And we can do that when we give up our will and commit ourselves to his and get in his word and to know what that is. And, and I know that I'm not going to camp here because I know I don't have time. Um, and I know that most of us really want that. And we commit and recommit and recommit. And that's what we have to do. A man falls seven times. I mean, listen, that's just this notion of it's just a continual thing that we just have to keep working at it and we just have to keep trying. But I just would love to give you um, some encouragement this morning just because there is nothing, 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 nothing in my life um, that has been more fulfilling and more transforming than time spent with God. I love you, John, but I love Jesus more. <laughs> and, um, and there is something about that that just sort of um, gives something that nothing else can. So I have some things that I just want to go through real quick um, just because I want to just encourage all of you that it doesn't, it's just a matter of saying, let's just do this thing, okay? So let's just do this thing together. Start small, but be consistent. Uh, don't, don't go, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get up at 4.30 tomorrow morning, and I'm going to spend two hours with Jesus before I go to work. You're not going to last a day. <laughs> And so it's better to just say, I've got 10 minutes. I can do 10 minutes and build upon that. Because when you do that consistently, 10 minutes won't be enough. Do it. Do it for 10 minutes until 10 minutes isn't enough. Because you're going to, we have a hunger, okay, for the things we feed on. Um, and so, so if, if you start with the 10 minutes, pretty soon 10 minutes won't be enough and you're going to go 15 and then you're going to go for more, and then you're going to be going, i got to go to work, okay? Um, start with a simple Bible reading plan. You can do anything you want, but you can start. I love to start. I think the best place to start is in the Gospel of John, because uh, he's, he's the love guy, and I like that. Um, but you can start uh, with a simple Bible reading plan simply because I think that sometimes we quit just because we don't know what to do. And so if you have a plan, that'll sort of help and memorize scripture. If you spend your 10 minutes just um, honing in on a scripture that spoke to you, start there. Because, um, well, Jesus tells us himself that the Holy Spirit will remind us of the things that he said. 
But the Holy Spirit can't remind us of anything that we haven't already learned. And I have found that as we memorize scripture, the most amazing thing happens in life when you memorize scripture. Um, because in those hard moments when you don't know what the heck to do, something will come to mind, and it's not of you, and it's that scripture, and it's amazing, because then you can go, that's it, and I don't have to doubt, and I can move forward, and that's a pretty awesome thing. Okay, so let's get the word of God sown in our hearts, because we can't surrender to God if we don't know what he expects of us. So on our path to discovering what it takes to level up spiritually, we cannot ignore the call to surrender. Can y'all say surrender? surrender? And can that not be like a Christian cuss word anymore? <laughs> it's a good word and it's a good thing. Because if we want to level up, then we have to give up. Because when we, live our, when we live our lives fully surrendered to him, letting him have complete control of everything, then we lose nothing. We only have things to gain. Because when we give up our little portion, then we get God's unlimited resources in exchange. And I just can't wrap my brain around that still. I give this little bit that I have, and no matter who you are or what you have, it's little compared to what God's offering. And I give it to God. And I was no economics major, but I know that's a pretty good trade. Um, and so I think most of us would say we wanna do this because we don't intentionally hang on to the reins. But I think we live in a place where we self-protect an awful lot. And we don't live surrendered to the things God has. Maybe God's calling us to surrender more of ourselves in our marriages. And we don't want to do that because we don't want to get hurt. And we don't want to surrender our plan or our plan B or our plan C because we sense maybe God's calling us to do this, but we self-protect because we're afraid of what people might think and we're afraid of what might happen. But God's saying, trust me, because if he has it for you, then he's gonna have you in it. And so I pray today that we would not live mediocre lives waiting for Jesus to come and rescue us. I want Jesus to come. I'm a believer that he can come tomorrow and I'm gonna praise his name and he can come after I'm gone and I'm still gonna praise his name. But while I'm on this earth, I want all he has for me. I don't wanna live a ho-hum life, just biding my time. I wanna give everything I have to God. And I want you to do that because you can't know what joy and what revival is on the other side of your sacrifice. So before we close today, I wanna pray for all of us and if you, I'm gonna pray first for those of you, if that is um, something that you're, you're wanting, I'm just gonna invite you to stand with me because I want us all to join in this prayer. And for those of you who are online, I want you to hear this too. 
if you're at a place, if you're here because somebody dragged you, because I know that happens. I mean, I try to drag people. Um, if you're here because someone dragged you here today, or you're just not really sure where you are, or maybe you've been coming to church for a long time, but you know, you just really haven't, you know, you haven't surrendered your life to the Lord. And I tell you, I want today to be the day that your life changes and that you step into the destiny that God has for you. And you say yes to that because you will never regret a life lived with purpose and God knows your purpose. So if that is you, if you've never done that, then I, I wanna pray with you. And I know everybody that's around you will wanna pray the same thing. So if you do that, if you wanna do that, then you can lift your hand and we're gonna do that together this morning. Okay, I don't see anyone. If you're online and that's something that you want, then there are prayer partners online that would love to pray for you. But for those of you, then I just believe that this is something that you've done. And that as such, that today is a day of stepping more fully into that. And it's a continuous thing. We have to continuously surrender because the world just comes in and it takes our attention and it takes our time and it takes our energy and we just have to keep surrendering back to God. And so if today is a day for the rest of us that we wanna say, I don't want it to be the same thing. I don't want it to be about just barreling through life, trying to get by. I wanna all the things. I wanna step into the purpose and the plan and the destiny for my life. Then I wanna pray that for you as well. And that God would empower it because that's what he wants. So can we do that this morning? Can we lift our hands? And can we just open our our hearts to all of that, that God so willingly wants to give you. Lord Jesus, we come to you today and we thank you for the time that we've had together. Lord, we are hungry for you. We know we've tried it. We do it every day, losing sight of what you have for us. But Lord, we want today to be a day that we shift our focus back to you, that we lay down everything that keeps us from your heart because your heart is good. Lord, where there are places that we don't trust it, remove them. Where there are things that keep us from seeing you as you are, take them away. Let us see you and let us step nearer to you and lay down everything that keeps us from all that you have for us. We acknowledge this moment that regardless of what we've done, regardless of what others have done, regardless of what we have thought of you in the past, you are a good God and you take nothing from us except to, to give back to us so much more than we give up. And so today, we ask you to give us the ability to do this. We ask you, Lord, to let us step in with new energy and new excitement and new joy, knowing that we can expect great things 
when we look to you and rely on you and we are laying it down. We're laying down every sin and every weight and every lie that is not from you. And we claim everything that is yours. And we thank you that you let us do it. And we just ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now the worship team is gonna pray, or gonna, gonna uh, play a couple of songs. And we're just gonna invite the prayer teams down here. And we would just love it if you would um, come down and, and pray with us. That if there's something we can partner with you in, if there's an idol, or if there's a weight, or if there's a sin that has a grip on you, we wanna pray because God wants to take care of that for you. And so if there is anything or anything that you need to see God do in your life, please come down and just ask him.